This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. This show is built on love and trust and support of one another. We do everything we can as an entire staff to build up each other's fandom. Harry obviously knows Atlanta. Y'all know that I'm a Raiders nut. Devin is a huge Giants fan. So it's not going to bring me joy when I have to repeatedly say this fall, the last place New York Jets. Because Evan, producer extraordinaire, is going to have heartbreak from that. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Bill Barnwell out here telling us that the Jets are going to finish in last place in the AFC East behind the New England Patriots. Now, Harry and I disagree a little bit on where the Jets are going to finish. Harry has them winning the division if all things break right. I have them finishing third in the division. Uh, but that, while that sounds like a drastic change, it isn't. And it, it, it's because I believe so much in the Bills and the Dolphins. I do think the Jets are going to be a very good football team. It's just a tough division, Harry. But it won't bring either of us any joy if we have to constantly remind Evan that they're in last place, right? Yeah, I think one of the things when you look at all the teams in the AFC East – um, I'm just hoping the schedule doesn't get the best of all those teams because it's not like they have the easiest, you know, games week in and week out. You look at the Bills, they actually, you know, have two more extra opponents in the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars that the Jets don't have to play. But I think as a as a whole, this division could potentially have three teams come out of that division to make actually make the playoffs. But it's also to the point where the schedule can get the best of some of these teams and only two teams or potentially one team can come out of that division. Well, Teddy Bruschi, ESPN NFL analyst, joins us right now on the show. And uh, Teddy Barnwell says the Jets are going to finish in last place. What's your reaction? He don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, thanks for having me, fellas. I I saw Barnwell earlier. It was... uh, I don't I don't see it, you know, especially if they get Quinn and Williams signed and he's there by the start of training camp and that defense is ready to go in September. Really, I mean, this is – I see problems for the Jets' offense possibly in September. You know, maybe Rodgers, it takes him a little bit to acclimate all the players, but the defense picking him up during that time. And if Quinn and Williams isn't there, that could be a problem. But they get him signed – this team's going to be off and running. I really think Rodgers just has is refreshed, you know, in being in a new place and, and having new surroundings. I think the Jets will, will definitely be a playoff team, and the last place in the AFC East is going to be decided by either the Miami Dolphins or the New England Patriots. So, Teddy, let's talk about the Bills for a second. In particular, in particular let's talk about Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen – does some phenomenal things on a football field. Um, 35 touchdowns last year, but he did have those 14 interceptions. You have the moments in which, you know, at times he tries to be Superman. And granted, you love that when it's going great, but when it goes bad, you can scratch your head and pull your hair out. He's now Mm going to be on the Madden cover. How much pressure is on Josh Allen in 2023? Man, the Madden cover now, it's almost like he's going to come out guns blazing, you know, wanting to show everyone what he can do. I don't know if that's going to be motivation or anything like that, but you know how players just 
that's just so key to get that cover. And he, let, I saw the cover; it's looking great. But I think if I'm Sean McDermott, I've got to talk to him and say, "Listen, man, can you play it my way for the first two months of the season?" And just let's hand it off. Uh, we 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 signed some running backs. We got everything going now. Let's run the football. No need to put on that cape you're talking about. You know, Harry, until maybe after after you've digested your turkey and Thanksgiving when the games start start meaning meaning something. So can he temper his his play and really adjust the way he's so physical early on in the year just so he's he's ready to go at the end? Because last year, these bills, I, I mean, I looked at them late, especially after the DeMar Ham, Hamlin game when he got hurt on Monday night, and they looked emotionally spent towards the end of the year and in the playoffs that like there was so much non-football related emotionally taxing situations that they were going through that this is a really a refreshment a refreshing year now that you know DeMar's looking good he's back practicing and really they can focus on football and if they get Josh Allen right in terms of him 100% healthy and emotionally ready to go at the end of the season this can be this can be a team that really Maybe he's playing on championship weekend, which is the AFC-NFC championships. We're talking to Teddy Bruschi, ESPN NFL analyst. And, Teddy, you know I'm a little guy, so I'm going to ask you this because you're not in the room with me. Uh, why is everybody even giving the Patriots a chance? I, I know, obviously, <laughs> your background, and I know Bill. Like, I don't know him, but I, like, I'm not a total idiot. Like, Bill's Bill. But I, I feel like I could make the argument, if everything breaks right this year, that the Patri- Patriots have the fourth-best quarterback in their division and the fourth-best roster. Why should we believe in New England this year? I think because you, then you're, you're giving Mac a pass about last year and just the chaos that he had to experience in terms of who's my offensive coordinator. Um, so you want me talking about our offensive system, but I can't say who I'm really talking about and who's really calling the plays here because there's secrecy. All of that's gone now. And I think a lot of stress is off Mac. I think you saw how it just ate him up last year. And I know people were talking and getting on him about him looking like a little baby out there and, and complaining and yelling at, you know, Matt Patricia, who was the so-called offensive coordinator last year. He just looked frustrated at times. I mean, that should be gone. I mean, Bill O'Brien now has the title. Bill O'Brien has the type of personality that could give Belichick the Heisman and just say, listen, man, I got this. Just stay back. Let me work with this kid, and I can do this. And I think that's what they need. And that's what people, I think, are seeing because Belichick handling that defense, Gerard Mayo's there handling that defense with Bill O'Brien now, everything's sort of delegated. It could be a 9-10 win season for the Patriots. I'm not going to say they're going to be winning the division. I don't, I don't predict that or anything, but nine wins got you to the playoffs last year. Tua gets hurt. All of a sudden, you win a couple critical AFC games during the year, and maybe they have a chance. I mean, I think Tua's going to stay healthy. I'd like to see that. I think New England would be last in the division as things stand right now. But, um, I mean, these are both, these are all four very good football teams in the AFC East. Uh, real quick, Harry. Uh, Teddy, just don't kick my ass next time you see me. Thanks for letting me ask a question. Go ahead, Harry. <laughs> Teddy, <laughs> Teddy, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will be at the quarterback position for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we said that right. He has his contract. 
with the additions of Todd Monk and also wide receivers, can he win MVP and can they win the division? Yeah, I think the answer is yes to both of those questions. And there can also be the other side of the spectrum for the Ravens, in my opinion. I think if you have the receivers now for Lamar, you bring in an Odell Beckham Jr., and all of a sudden you think a quarterback is, you, you try to make him something that he hasn't been in the past. We all remember his MVP season and and how the, the game was just, he had all aspects of the game. It was going on for him, that the run the run game was there, the, him, him winning with his legs. I mean, he was throwing accurately. All of that's still there for Lamar. I mean, are they still going to threaten defenses? Because if I'm a defensive player, fellas, and I'm going against the Ravens, and I still know that their identity is physical and they're tough and they want to run the football and Lamar's a part of that, I can't focus everything on Andrews and Beckham and Bateman, these these receivers that they have, because the running game can be so solid. And that's how I think he can have that type of season, because if the, if the defenses respect that aspect of them and they keep that, then Lamar can open up everything with those receivers. Teddy, uh, as a Raiders fan, am I ever going to see a good season again? Just give me a little bit of hope, man. I just need just a just small amount of hope. You, you know, maybe something gets turned around for my beloved Raiders someday. How, how many games do you think Brian Hoyer is going to play? You know, that's just the thing. <laughs> and, and here's I mean, the thing. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> and Hoy, that's my boy, okay? He's my boy. He can play. He can get away with two games coming in for you, maybe going one and one, something like that. But if Jimmy Garoppolo – how many games do you think he's going to play? No. Is, is it going to be 14? Is it going to be 10? Because <laughs> you just got to think that Garoppolo is, is, isn't going to last. I'm going to tell you this true story, Teddy. I was When I was with the Van Perry, we were playing the Houston Rodeo uh, the day that uh, Hoyer signed with the Texans, right? <laughs> and so Hoyer, so I got yeah. I got Brian in, a big country music fan, got him in. Uh, they wouldn't even let him into Reliant because they didn't know who he was. He was that new of a signing, right? So I get him in, we meet, we hang out. I, he's he's a, a friend and just a good human being. I really love Very. Brian Hoyer, the human being. I do not want to have to watch Brian Hoyer, the quarterback, though. Like, and I love the guy. Like, I, I'm screwed, bro. This this what's gonna happen, Teddy? I, like Drake May. I asked you for I asked you for hope. And Caleb like, Williams you know. will be available next year for your Raiders. Uh, <laughs> t- yeah, Teddy. So. Yeah, yeah, this is that's why I drink, <laughs> brother. There, that's, that's why I drink. Sundays are gonna be a delight. Hey, man, we appreciate your insight. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. Enjoy a little downtime this summer. You've earned it, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, well, fellas, I'll be fishing. Thanks. Take it easy. <laughs> Teddy Bruski, ESPN NFL analyst, hanging out with us. I asked for a little hope, and all I got was I couldn't, that. Ho- I couldn't hold it in, bro. No, like, <laughs> I lost. I literally lost this, it. This, 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 this is my life. One in four car batteries is like my Raiders, weak and needs to be replaced. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts test your battery for free. They can also help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle. I don't think they make that for an NFL team, but I would take them up on it. Learn more at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, it's... Yeah, I'm shooketh. Well, the I'm Raiders shooketh. do need a superstar battery. Trust yeah, me. Oh yeah. You know what? The bigger concern. What? What? What are we really worried about this? Uh, this coming season. We'll break it down for you. Actually, around the world of sports. Bigger concern coming up next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
it has recently come to my attention that Avril Lavigne is again single. Call me. I'm just, you know what? I'm just, shoot or shoot, Avril. What? Yes. Well, the answer is yes. Whatever, whatever, you know, I'll meet you wherever you want. Avril, I don't think it's unfair to say I love you. I think it's, uh, I think we're at that spot in our relationship. Whew. Harry, you might want to take over a minute. I just uh, might need a second after. You know, it's Fitz and Harry. Was this a big concern? Uh, I mean, I mean, no, I, I like, look, what's my sales pitch to Avril? Like, you know, uh, I, I don't know, but I'm willing to try. You know, I'm, I'm just saying Avril come out. We'll go to like, maybe I'll see if Avril wants to be my date to the Super Bowl next year. Uh, Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting. You know, you know what they I, say, your shoot or boy. shoot, bro. Yeah, shoot yeah, or shoot. Yeah, shoot, shoot I'll or shoot. be your skater boy is what you say. Uh, that works every time. Does it? Does it? You think I, she's ever heard that before? No, probably. Yeah, but it sounds corny as hell. Yeah. Uh, I'll be your skater, boy. Yeah, I, I, look. <laughs> there you go, Dev. <laughs> I don't think Dev helped at all here. In fact, Dev... Uh, Same guy that went to Dublin and, and I, didn't I, talk yeah, to one lady over there. I might, if it's okay, Devin, with no disrespect, mm, mm, mm. I might lean to Shame Harry you, a little Dev. bit more on the advice on how to pick up Avril Lavigne instead of... Dev. Why, guys? Okay, jeez. <laughs> Fitz and Harry. Dev, what's his voice again? Uh, my name is Jason Fitz. Wow. Uh, I'm going to get on Harry to give me advice there. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, this is what's happening here. Ev, you want to chime in at all? Evan's back from vacation. You want you want in on any of this? Didn't miss any of it. You know who likes my voice? Devin's mom. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. You might want to do that yourself after that joke. <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's have a little bit of fun. Bigger concern. For example, bigger concern, my job status or, uh, yeah, uh, there's what we're going to do. Bigger concern, Evan's going to chime in and he's going to give us a scenario and we'll figure out who uh, what's the bigger concern. Is Evan, you ready for this moment? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Come on, Evan. Bigger concern for the Chiefs in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Miami Dolphins, Fitz? The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, because I trust Joe Burrow to be healthy and because Joe Burrow is absolutely sensational. Like, I, if there was a street team, to use the old, like, 90s band analogy for quarterbacks, I would be the president of the Joe Burrow fan club. I think he's that good. Uh, if the Dolphins are healthy, then I think the Dolphins could be right on par with the Bengals. And part of this uh, four-team equation that I think could represent uh, in the AFC in the Super Bowl. But I, that's a bigger if. Uh, the bigger if belongs to Miami than Cincinnati. So I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a bigger concern. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati as well. Oh. We look at these two quarterbacks. You look at Manning and Peyton. I think this is the new, you know, um, Manning and, and Brady Manning matchup. And Brady? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Manning and Brady uh, matchup that we have in the NFL nowadays. I just love this rivalry. And yes, it's a rivalry now in my eyes. Yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Evan, what do you got for us next? Bigger concern for the Chiefs in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys or the San Francisco 49ers? I think you meant the Eagles in the NFC. We're all over hey, the place. Yeah. Try it again, Evan. You've been on yeah. vacation. You're still Evan got vacation. Wrote these bigger concern for the Eagles in the NFC, Cowboys or 49ers? Harry, what do you got? I'm going 49ers. Um, adding Javon Hargrave to their to their defense is is phenomenal. Uh, I'm not concerned about the quarterback position. They're figuring it out. I mean, they figured it out last year. But I think the 49ers have a chip on their shoulder not making it to the Super Bowl last year. And they feel like if they had a healthy quarterback, they had an opportunity that they could have beat the Eagles last year. So I'm going to go with the 49ers in those regards. 
Here's the thing. I think as much as I was just saying that I don't want to watch a bunch of games uh, as a Raiders fan with Brian Hoyer as the quarterback, I think Brian Hoyer could win a Super Bowl for the 49ers. The 49ers are the bigger concern here because the rest of their roster is so stinking good. It doesn't matter who the it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Therefore, I agree with you. All right, Evan, what do you got for us next? Yeah, speaking of 49ers, bigger concern for Brock Purdy and his job, Sam Darnold or Trey Lance, Harry? I'm going with neither. Because if it was a concern, what you making up like new new no, category? No, but Bigger no, no. Concern this? At, how about this? No, here's what I'm saying. Trey Lance was drafted third overall. Sam Darnold was coming over in free agency. They have said that Brock Purdy is their starting quarterback. So I'm not concerned about Sam Darnold, nor am I concerned about Trey Lance. Because if I was concerned about it, one of those guys would probably have a starting job right now because Brock Purdy's hurt. I mean, he he did sort of. Put the kibosh on the question. I will play the game and answer the question as asked, even though the question might be a little flawed, Evan. You don't have to throw shade, though. Do better, be better with the question. But you know what? You know what? We're going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Trey Lance is the bigger concern because all it takes is a sliver of hope and opportunity for it. Like if Trey Lance comes into the preseason, absolutely lights it up, and then Brock Purdy struggles, it's not like we have so much proof of concept for Brock Purdy that Trey Lance wouldn't get back in. And considering where he was drafted by the organization, maybe they give him another Brock, shot. Brock Purdy's coming off a pretty substantial injury here. We're, like, how we Are we just to expect that he's going to come in and, and do what he did at the end of last season? Like, I like, am if not. If he struggles a bunch, like if he struggles a lot. I think that's what the the premise of this question. Is yeah, no, no, I, I, sure. Are we justifying the question? Did we write the question, Devin? Uh, no, Evan wrote the question. No, I wrote the question. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. no, y'all keep throwing each other under the bus too. This is hilarious. Man, y'all, one <laughs> y'all gonna throw your shoulders out just doing all that? Uh, the thrown under the bus right there. Okay, what do you got for us next, Evan? Yeah, bigger concern. Oh, first of all, I want you to listen to what Rory McIlroy said. He was asked. Uh, Devin's gonna play this for you. He was asked uh, what he would say to fans about the live unification. Here's what he said. It's, it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from live. All I've do- tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PJ Tour stands for, and I think it will continue to, to do that. All right, so I want to ask you guys, bigger concern for golf that the live rivalry is basically going away or that we have seen the last of Tiger Woods playing in tour events. What's the bigger concern for the sport of golf, Fitz? Tiger Woods, because in a year nobody will even remember live existed. That's the way our our mindset works. Rory's really, really wrong about this, though. Like, I I mean, I know this is a total aside now. I'm, I'm, I'm taking us wildly off course, but that's a terrible, terrible take. Like, you have taken a bunch of money from Live Golf, and you've taken some of the processes that they asked to be changed in this. So you're no longer the PGA. You are just putting the brand PGA in front of a building that's being funded by Live. So you can try and compartmentalize that all day long. And it's a really cute concept to do that. But at the end of the day, if you slap a different brand on a McDonald's and you don't change any of the ingredients, you're still serving McDonald's. I don't give a damn how you try and serve that, what bag you serve it in. Rory, Rory is really wrong. That being said, in a year, nobody will care, and everybody will constantly care that Tiger Woods eventually will stop playing. That's uh, Tiger's the bigger concern, Harry. Yeah, I think the bigger concern for me is Tiger Woods. He's a global brand. He's a guy that a lot of people that look like me, the reason why they actually watch golf. So I'm going with Tiger. Look good in red shirts? That's what we mean? No, I'm black. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure. All right. <laughs> big, 
Last one. NBA Finals Game 3 is tonight. Bigger concern, the Miami Heat three-point inconsistency or the Nuggets' lack of defensive intensity? Harry, what's the bigger concern? I'm going to go with the Nuggets' uh, lack of defensive intensity because that's two games in a row in the NBA Finals in which I didn't think they were great defensively. Now, it showed up more in Game 2. But Game 1, the Miami Heat just didn't make the open shot. So, it's a, it's a concern for me about their defensive intensity and also their communication on that end of the floor. Yeah, a thousand percent right. The bigger concern is defensive intensity because when you bring your Nuggets out, you got to bring them out strong. All right, they're coming up with the four biggest questions ahead of game three. Our insiders ask them. We'll answer them next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hey, yo! Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Critical split in Denver. Now the series heads to Miami. Can the Heat make it too straight? Or will the Nuggets bounce back and retake the series lead? Game three of the Nuggets and Heat. Coverage begins tonight at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Game three. Of the NBA Finals tonight, Nuggets at Heat. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. You don't want to miss it, including a great interview with Nuggets head coach Mike Malone. Uh, You'll get some of his thoughts on what went wrong in Game 2. That's 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Be sure to tune in before the game so you can get all that action. Harry! It's time for some big questions, some burning questions, some oh-my-God questions heading into Game 3 that come direct from ESPN.com NBA Insiders. You ready for this action? We're going to break down some of these questions. We're going to answer them. Evan Evan was out on, on leave for a week. He was out on vacation, hanging out in Gatlinburg, just doing the whole family thing. Evan, why don't you? we'll let you be the great question answer, but, but do it with some panache. Give us some, like, yesterday when we asked Dev to ask him some questions, he didn't really sell it. Like, show us, like, give us the sales pitch on the question. Like, give me a little bit of the, like, channel your inner WWE yeah, he announcer. Yeah, sound, he sounded like a little, you know what, you know the uh-huh, word, yeah. Ev. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Child. You heard me, Dev. Right. I said it with my chest. Right. Say it to my face. Uh, Evan, Evan. Uh, Wait till I come up to Bristol. Evan, Evan's a little shorter, so he just say it to my nipples. But say say it right to me. What you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> just like that, we lost. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the Heat winning the championship would be? I, I think for... 
Go ahead. For me, it would be one of the best roads taken to actually winning an NBA championship. And I think the best word to describe that would be epic, in my opinion. I'm going to say it would be league-altering. Right, there's a dramatic answer for you. League-altering, Harry. Because Spolstra, while we have appreciated his greatness rarely has been considered the way I think he will be considered if he wins a championship. Jimmy Butler, while we've appreciated his greatness, rarely has gotten this, oh my God, lore that he would get with this particular championship. For an eight seed to come through this gauntlet and win a championship by beating the Bucs, who were the top seed, by beating the Celtics, who were the second seed, and then by beating the Nuggets, the top seed in the West, if they actually did that, league-altering in the way that we perceive Spo in the way that we perceive Butler. And there are two people that were already getting a ton of street cred. You know what I mean? Like, they were already getting some of that. But, man, it will be heaped on in glorious amounts that we aren't ready for. Epic. Epic. I like that. All right. Uh, That was really good delivery by you, Ev. Let's get more of that tasty treat. The Nuggets winning the championship would be... Fitz? Uh, (sighs) Interesting. here's, Here's the thing. It doesn't fix the issue that we have with the Nuggets. For anyone that hasn't paid attention, Denver doesn't broadcast the Nuggets. They haven't for several years because of a rights issue that they have with their local cable provider, right? So the the city of this team cannot, unless they subscribe to NBA TV or watch a nationally televised game, they've missed the entire rise of Jokic. They've missed a historic season by Jokic. And they've needed this run to actually get to watch the team. And it doesn't change the fact that most people still don't seem to be fawning over Jokic the way I think they should be. So it's an interesting title because it immediately becomes a what else what what have you what else do we want them to do to become the brand of the NBA? I don't think it can happen. So it's interesting because they would get a, a great championship, but I don't know that it would change the league in the way that it should. For me, the Nuggets winning the championship would be the start of something special. And when I mean the start of something special, we know this group is going to be together for a while. So they could potentially make something else of winning one and build on top of that. Also, I think it, it would allow everyone to respect Nikola, Nikola Jokic that much more. And if you haven't really watched him and paid attention to him, winning the NBA championship and probably winning the MVP uh, of the finals as well will make you tune in and pay closer attention to Nikola Jokic. All right, we're doing a little bit of biggest questions heading into Game 3. Game 3 tonight, Nuggets Heat coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Evan, come on now. What do we got? You're holding up a new standard. Let's go. Which player, aside from Nikola Jokic, is having the biggest impact on the series? Harry? I'm going to go... It doesn't doesn't matter if it's the Miami Heat or not either. Just which player? Okay, I'm going to go with... Bam Adebayo. Uh, the way he stepped up in this NBA Finals, in which he didn't do so, I felt like in the Eastern Conference Finals, the last three or four games, has been phenomenal for the Miami Heat, also giving them life, because Jimmy Butler hasn't been excellent in these first two games, but we've seen excellent from Bam Adebayo, so I'm going with Bam. I think you're right so far. The answer is Bam. I think after tonight, the answer will be Jamal Murray. I really believe that Jamal Murray tonight 
is going to and and this is this is entirely based on the way he's played throughout the course of the postseason in general. I feel like he has been so good for so much of the postseason and just had a bad game. And that to me is the most exciting thing as a fan to watch is the bounce back game for a superstar. And I believe Jamal Murray is trying to become a superstar. So after tonight, I think it'll be Jamal Murray. You're right. Right now it's Bam Adebayo. After tonight, I think Jamal Murray, like tomorrow when we come on the show, I think that the opening segment of our show is going to be based on the greatness that Jamal Murray shows us tonight. So we'll see how that plays forward. We got one more. What did Evan tapped out? Evan just decided to hand it over to He has to do a little work back there. I'll, I'll take this one. Okay. Are you going to give it to us like with yeah, the yeah, thunder yeah. of the gods? Or sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, Fitz, this question is for you. Which team wins game three and why? What, what was that delivery, Harry? Well, first of all, it's two people on the show, so the question is for me and Fitz. Yeah. <laughs> you, you Come want, on, I Dave. want him to answer it first. We passed the baton, Here, I'll ask and it again. you're dropping I mean, the ball. This, this, okay, go, give it to us like you mean it this time, Devin. Which team wins game three and why, Fitz? Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously. You are the generic vanilla ice cream of this Sunday right now. Actually, you're the generic chocolate ice cream of this Sunday. Like, not as good as real chocolate. You know me. Not, you okay. know me. Just plain Jane. <laughs> Which team wins game three and why? <sighs> Hell if I know. Uh, if I have to make a guess, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets win this game because they have been the better team for more quarters of action, and I believe in their ability overall. I don't believe that Denver showed who they are in game two without taking anything away from Miami. I think that Denver is the better team, and they will win tonight. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I think the defensive intensity – um, will be there because it definitely wasn't in game two. I also think the supporting cast and being called out by Michael Malone, I think the Denver Nuggets are going to respond, so I'm going with them. Do uh, you think it's a big win or a close win? I'm going to go close win. Okay. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Denver win by a dozen. I think Denver wins by double-digit points. It won't be like 20 or 30, but it'll be – It'll be pretty big. Uh, again, game game three, Nuggets at Heat coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. All right, coming up, one of the biggest stars in the entire world of golf said something that's absolutely wrong. You may not care about the live uh, merger with the PGA, but I'll tell you why you should care about what he had to say about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Bryson DeChambeau and Brendan Steele, two of the live golfers, they are both absolutely ecstatic about the prospect of potentially coming back and getting an opportunity to play some events on the PGA Tour. I've talked to about a dozen PGA Tour players. Not one of them was happy with this deal. Just a lot of upset individuals. And Jay, he's going to have his work cut out rebuilding trust among his membership. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Again, Game 3, Nuggets Heat coverage begins tonight on ESPN Radio, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Harry, there are very deep and detailed conversations that need to happen for golf fanatics and for people that care about the issues 
when it comes to the merger between Live Golf and the PGA and the DP World Tour. Right. There are, as we talked about yesterday, complicated issues about the term sports washing, which for anyone that doesn't know is when uh, an area, a region, a country, a person uses sports as a way to sort of wash away some of the negative conversation around them. That's been a big part of Live Golf, which is uh, funded by Saudi Arabians, and it raises a, a massive question and a deep conversation. Now, one part of that we talked about yesterday and I think is complicated. But another part of this is, at some point, you just got to be honest about what's happening. This isn't a simple merger. This is essentially the PGA saying, we're going to continue to run things, but we're going to do a few events the way that Liv does it, and we're going to take this Liv money under the PGA with a new structured board of operators and a CEO and all of the things that happen during a merger. I'm okay with all of this conversation happening and being honest about it. I'm not okay with what Rory McIlroy said about it earlier. This is what he said at his press conference about what he would say to fans about the live uh, unification. It's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from live. All I've do- tried to do is protect what the PGA Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for, and I think it will continue to, to do that. Harry, it's confusing to me because this is from the New York Times today. The PGA Tour would remain a nonprofit organization, would retain full control over how its tournaments are played, but all of the PGA Tour's commercial business and rights, such as the extremely lucrative rights to televise its tournaments, would be owned by a new, still-to-be-named for-profit entity called Nuco currently. Nuco will also own Live. They've taken all of this money, and they've created a new company that is going to be funded by all of this money. You can call it whatever the hell you want. Just don't lie to me about where the money's coming from. And it feels like what Rory's doing here is saying, pay no attention to the money part of it because it's not PGA. It's not Live, I should say. When, in fact, it's all one big pot now. Well, I think what Rory's doing, number one, he's still in disbelief. I, I would say that. But also, he's creating his own narrative. He's trying to. Right. He's trying to, or I should say, false narrative. He's trying to, you know, put it in his brain that these things merging together is what he wants to believe it is and not actually what it truly is, Fitz. And I don't know if that gives him peace because we know he's not going to retire, not play golf the rest of his life. He's too damn good to do that at this point. So, for him to be able to live with this moment right now, he has to make this up in his head to feel that way. That's a really well said and fair point about why he's justifying it. I'm just such a fan of brutal honesty. Like, uh, Jay Monahan is the commissioner of PGA Tour, and he was asked if Liv will continue to exist as a separate golf league. His quote, I don't want to make any statements or make any predictions. He was asked if Liv golfers can go back to the PGA Tour and DP World Tour, and he said, we will work cooperatively, cooperatively to establish a fair and objective process for any players who desire to reapply for membership with the tours. So he's telling you the golfer's going to have their opportunity to come back. He's telling you that he doesn't want to say anything about Liv, and we now know because of the way this corporation is funded that what they've done is they've taken the money that they told the golfers specifically they didn't want to be a part of 
and they've looped that into the PGA process. You can't tell me at some point that we can have our cake and eat it too in this situation. The only real answer is to be brutally honest. If I'm Rory McIlroy and I'm sitting there like, right now, if I'm working for ESPN and ESPN decides they're going to take all this money, all I can do is say, hey, man, I didn't have any control on where the minute came from. I don't really love the way the money's hidden, but I still got to make my money. And I'm going to go make my money. Like at some point, that's what's refreshing. At least NFL players will come out and tell you, look, I care about the money here. Like that's all I need Rory to say right well, now. Well, I think it's the simple phrase that, you know, a lot of people think it's cliche, but you control what you can control. And in this situation, Rory could not control. You know, the PGA Tour and Live Golf and I can't remember the third one. Merging DP World to, Tour. Yeah, DP World Tour merging together to form, um, uh, will unify and becoming one. I, I don't think he can help that. But I think the sooner he understands what it actually is, and I'm not going to sit up here and say he doesn't understand. I just think he wants to believe what he wants to believe. But the sooner he can just, like you said, tell the truth when speaking about it, I think the easier it will be for him. And also not just him, but other players as well who may be doing the same thing. Because at the end of the day, Harry, what do we talk about so often, no matter the sport? Athletes are human beings, right? And what's happening right now is a lot of people are yelling and screaming about these athletes' decisions and where they're going to make money from. I I have no problem with an athlete standing up and saying, I don't want to be paid through this entity. I don't want to be a part of this. I also don't personally know what it's like to sit there and have to make that decision to make generational wealth at levels I could never have imagined and be part of something I'm not proud of. But, like, but I also, I, I would say this, though. It, it's kind of hard for him, too, though, Fitz, because it's not like you've got the transparency from the top. So you didn't get the transparency from the top. And then, you know, people are asking, you know, these guys to be transparent and be honest when you're not even getting it from the top. That's what makes it even harder for me to accept sometimes what it feels like Rory is doing here is a sort of apologizing for the entire thing. Uh, No matter what we think of the merger, I know at this point, I know that the PGA Tour didn't handle it correctly because they didn't inform the people that were going to be sitting in front of a microphone in a way that allowed them to be the right speaking people for this entire process. They've come out and said so many things without giving us any real details. And through this entire process, it feels like the PGA did what they always do. They looked out for themselves. They screwed everybody else. And now they just want all of us to shut our eyes to all of it and continue to move forward. That's not fair to the athletes that are part of the process. Welcome to corporate America. Uh, You're you're a thousand percent right. It's not not even about the decision the PGA made. It's about the way everyone was informed. You can be informed if you listen to Kenny and Carlin next. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 